Well, this morning, we're in the book of Exodus, continuing our study through the Ten Commandments, and we actually come upon a very appropriate topic this morning, the Fifth Commandment, which is honor your fathers and your mothers. So, it's great timing. I want to meet the guy that put this teaching series together. He had perfect timing now. We'll open it up to Exodus 20. We're going to read verse 12 this morning and, and just talk a little bit about that. But before we do that, let's go ahead and let's pray once again. Lord God, we are so thankful for all that you give us. I pray that each and every day we would take time and just thank you for the blessings that you give us. And this morning, right now in particular, we pray for your spirit to speak powerfully through the reading of your word and the proclamation of it, that you would speak to every heart this morning, that this is not just for parents and children, but it is for each person in this room. And I pray that they would leave this morning desiring to walk closer to you because of it. And we pray this in your name. Amen. All right. So Exodus chapter 20, just to give you a little background once again. So just a little bit of the story. In verses 1 and 2 of chapter 20, we're reminded that God has brought Israel out of slavery, out of Egypt. If you remember, The Israelites were crying in Egypt for many years, asking for a deliverer. And God has provided that deliverance and brought them to this place where now he is going to he's been laying out, as we've been studying, the conditions of this covenant relationship between Yahweh, the God of Israel and the people of Israel. So there's this covenant and God is saying, I have brought you out of the land. I have brought you out of slavery. I have delivered you. Therefore. There is a way to interact with God. And as we've been studying over the past few weeks, we've seen the first four commandments. And this week, I actually was listening to a, another pastor. And it was one of those churches where they bring all the kids up front. They do like a little kid's sermon first and then send the kids back. Does anybody ever go to a church like that? Is that like just in the South? Pastor David, he did it. Well, anyways, he, he had this cool thing how to help them all remember the Ten Commandments. Because I'm sure if we said, hey, what are the Ten Commandments? We'd be like, you know, we could get through the first few of them and, you know, stumble and bumble around and try to get all of them. But he did this cool little thing with the kids, and I'm going to do it with you guys, because it's going to help us remember the Ten Commandments. And some of them are like, ah, it's a little bit of a stretch, but you'll remember it, I promise. So that's the important thing. So we have ten fingers, right? We're going to use all of our fingers. Don't worry, I'm not going to make you stand up or do anything weird. My wife's like, whew. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm good. So the first commandment, you know, you hold, I'll hold up my fingers. You don't have to. Is what? You shall have no other gods. One God, right? So it's, remember, we have one God. That's commandment number one. Commandment number two is that you should not make any idols for yourself. So if you hold up two fingers, you remember, no, it's not two gods. It's just one God. The second one is an idol. We don't have two gods, okay? The third one, when you make this... The three fingers, what letter does that look like? W, right? It reminds you of your words. And the third one is you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. W for words. And the fourth one, I like this one, is the four commandments. But see what this guy's doing here? He's resting. He's resting. You're like, see, I'm not even supposed to be here today. I'm supposed to be resting. No, it's remember the Sabbath and rest on the Sabbath. If you didn't hear Jared's sermon last week, it was really good about resting but not resting at home as being in church. So that's the fourth commandment. You know, thou remember the Sabbath. 
The fifth one, which is one that we're going to talk about today, and this one's a bit of a stretch. I will give you that point, but you'll still remember it. So the pastor said it's like when you go into the court of law and you put your hand on the Bible and you hold up your, I think it's your right hand. I've never testified in court, as you can tell. <laughs> you hold up your hand and does any, no, you don't have to incriminate yourself. So I was going to say, has anybody know how to do that? But it's the right hand and it's you're like, you know, honoring your word. And the fifth one is what we're saying today is honor your, your mother and father. The sixth one is, what does this look like? A gun that shall not murder. Six. Six. Murder. Okay. The seventh one is, you might say, how are you going to get this one? Shall not commit adultery. Adultery. So the example is this. Here's all the people in the church. Here's the two people getting married. There's not three. There's two. Two people. (laughs) See, you'll remember it. You'll remember it. What are we on? Eight. The eighth one. This one is, is kind of funky too, but so eight. So see these three bars, all these guys are in prison for doing what? Stealing. Stealing, see? There you go. You'll, it's corny, but you'll, I guarantee you, you say eighth commandment, you're going to go, oh, yeah. You go stealing. Number nine, I like this one, too, is do not bear false witness. And you get this one because this little guy's hiding from everybody because he's lying about him. <laughs> he's lying about him. So that's the ninth commandment. You guys are great over here, by the way. <laughs> That's my family, by the way. So, just kidding. But number 10, 10, it was what? Thou shalt not, starts with a C, co- covet, like wanting what other people have, and that's what you do to two hands. You're taking what other people have, coveting it. So remember, right? Number one is, you shall, not have, shall have no other gods. Two, remember, not two gods, just one gods, no idols. Number three is the W, don't use the... Lord's name in vain. So you're going to remember this. Number four is remember resting on the Sabbath, which obviously none of you are doing today, thankfully, in this way, sleeping. Number five is honor your parents, your mother and father. Number six, remember the gun, no no murder, don't murder. Number seven, these two people are in church, commit adultery. Number eight, remember these guys are in prison for stealing, no stealing. (laughs) Number nine, this guy's lying about all these nine people. And number ten, don't covet, right? Don't take everybody's stuff. That's the sermon, all right? No. No. Yeah, you guys are like, yes, I love this church. No, we're going to talk about number five, which is honoring your mother and father. So turn with me to verse 12, or look at verse 12 of Exodus 20, and it says this. So, again, this is Moses going over the commandments with the nation of Israel, and this one says, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. So, real short command, but it's packed again with a lot of meaning. And we're going to look at three things this morning. We're going to look at what exactly is God commanding, why is God commanding it, and how do we fulfill that command. So again, What is God commanding, number one? Number two, why is he commanding this? And number three, how do we fulfill this command? So again, let's look at what is God commanding the nation of Israel to do? Well, he is, again, he is saying, honor your your father and your mother. So what exactly does that mean? Well, the word honor actually behind it means to be heavy or weighty. 
heavy or weighty. And, and, and when you think about that, if you think about if you ever lifted weights like I do all the time, I wanted to show you. No, just kidding. If you ever lift weights, you know, when you approach something heavy, you take your time with it. Think about that. You approach it. You're strategic about the way that you approach it, and you take your time lifting it. It's a sense of you have a little bit of a fear or reverence for that because you don't want to hurt yourself. So you can see how that would relate to the word honor. You know, it's, it also means to favor or to put high or to prefer. I know when I've done a few marriages and talking to the husband and wife about honoring each other, that means about lifting them up, putting them on a pedestal, honoring them. And that's the sense that God is telling the nation of Israel, you are to how to honor your mother and father. But I want to give you a few examples from Scripture where this word is used, again, to give you a better understanding of the word honor. So we're going to look at a few verses here. Turn with me to the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, and look at verse 3. Leviticus 19, 3, and this is where Moses, again, is speaking to the congregation on the sons of Israel. And he's repeating this command, but he says it differently. He says, every one of you shall reverence his father and mother. So it gives you another idea of what honor means. It means to revere, to reverence them, or to fear them, but in a positive way. Also, turn with me to the book of Isaiah, and we're going to look at Isaiah 29, uh, verse 13. We're actually going to look at two verses here, so don't leave so quickly from Isaiah Isaiah 29, the prophets actually had a lot to say about this because ultimately, if you know the history of Israel, they don't do these things. Therefore, they are shuffled off into captivity again. Isaiah 29, verse 13 says this. He says, and the Lord said, because this people, he's talking about his people, the nation of Israel, draw near with draw near with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me, and their reverence for me consists of traditions learned by rote. Now, that has nothing to do with parents, but it has everything to do with that word honor. Because we could say we honor something, and that's why he says you do it with your lips. It's lip service, but your actions, do they really prove that you are honoring the person that you say you're honoring. And here God's saying, you guys say you honor me, but you really don't do it. So again, when we, when we talk about how we honor our parents, that's going to play into the example. Go to chapter 58 of Isaiah. This will also give you an idea of what the word honor means. And again, it's not particular to parents, but this is, this is specifically talking about Israel's relationship with God. In Isaiah 58, verse 13, This is actually about the Sabbath day. He says this, if because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath day a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and honor it, desisting from your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure and speaking your own words. What he's talking about there, he's talking about honoring or lifting up or setting apart a specific day, and that day is the Sabbath. So if you think about that word, we are to, in in one way, mark special or unique our mothers and fathers. They are not like everybody else. And in that sense, we honor them as well. 
And fourthly and lastly, turn over to the next book of Jeremiah and look at Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 19. In Jeremiah 30, verse 19, again, another way of describing honor and God speaking about a time when he will restore the nation of Israel or his people. He says this, Jeremiah 30, 19, from them will proceed thanksgiving in the voice of those who celebrate. I will multiply them and they will not be diminished and I will also honor them and they will not be insignificant. So here God's talking about honoring his people and making them significant. So again, when we talk about that word honoring our mother and father, all those meanings should come to mind when we talk about it. It's not just lip service. It's not just what we think once or twice about them or when they're nice to us or give us what we want. It has all this in there, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the application. So again, back to our text in Exodus chapter 20. Honor your father and mother in that way. Reverence them. So let's ask this. Why does God command us to do this? Why do we have to honor our mother and father according to God? Why does he say this? We'll go back to our text, and we're going to look at a few different things. But in verse 12, he says, honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. So remember, the nation of Israel is wandering through the they're about to wander through the wilderness. And God is taking them to the promised land. And he's saying, if you guys honor your mother and father, when you get to that promised land, your days will be prolonged in there. Meaning God's not going to send judgment on them. And if you read some of the prophets like I did. Part of the reason they were judged so harshly is because they stopped doing this stuff. They stopped following God's commands, and particularly this one as well. So why, do, why does God command this? According to the text, it's because when they get to the promised land, God wants to prolong their stay. But I want to say this, too, some additional thoughts about honoring our father and mother. Why is God commanding this? Well, if you think about this, parents are God's representatives to the children that God gives them. Think, right? Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. I'm going to make a couple of points out of this book. Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Or is it numbers in Deuteronomy? Pastor doesn't even know the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 6. So this is... A great section here where Moses is commanding the adults, especially the parents of the nation of Israel, how to pass down the commands of God to their children. Because, again, the parents are the ones who are supposed to represent God to the children. And that's why I said that at the beginning. Let's read this passage and we'll make a couple points out of this. Deuteronomy chapter six. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you. So Moses is teaching the people. That you may do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your sons and your grandson might fear the Lord your God. So that's why these commandments are given. To keep all the statutes and his commandments, which I commanded you all the days of your life, that your, your days may be prolonged. Continue on. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you 
into land flowing with milk and honey. So he's reminding them, when we get to the promised land, the fathers are to teach the children and the grandchildren these words so that they do not forget. And in verse 4, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall, and here's the important part, you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk on them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them on a, as a sign on your hand and they shall be on your frontals of your forehead and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So you see what God is commanding the parents. You are to teach your children all my laws. Even talk about it in the house as we walk and and have it up in your home so that the children are saturated with the word of God so that when they get to the promised land, they will not forget. So that's why I say, why is God commanding this? Because parents are God's representatives to the children. That is a heavy weight that we as parents carry and burden. And I, was, I just want to point out a few things that I thought of that we as parents demonstrate to our children as representatives of God. Think of this, parents. Do you not demonstrate unconditional love to your children? Right? When they were born, you just loved them and they did nothing. I know my wife loved my children when they were in her stomach. And, and the kids did nothing for her yet. That's unconditional love, right? And parents still provide that even throughout, you know, long times. Some people say, that's too long you're loving your son or daughter. You need to do tough love. No, but we demonstrate unconditional love, the same love that God gives us. We also demonstrate as parents grace and mercy to our children, don't we? We also demonstrate care and affection for our children when they give nothing in return or when they can't because they're so small. And even after they leave the home, right, parents, we still love, well, my kids haven't left, but all of you out there, uh, unconditional love, grace and mercy, care and affection. And what about demonstrating wisdom? Parents demonstrate wisdom, instilling wisdom. And as we, as we looked in Deuteronomy chapter 6, God is telling the children or the parents to instill the wisdom of God to their children. Parents are also demonstrating authority to their children as well. So that's just one example or a few examples of how God's, uh, we are God's representatives to our children. And secondly, parents are a foundational building block for society in general. Again, think of those things that I've just talked about, about what parents represent to their children. I mean, this is where our children learn all those things, how to love one another. They learn about responsibility, about obedience, about respect, and even about punishment, hopefully. They learn that from their parents so that when they get out into society, they can function properly. That's why the scripture talks about when we withhold discipline from our children, that it is bad for them. Because then they get out into the world and they think that everybody's just going to give them what mom and dad gave them. And they realize that the world doesn't operate that way. So, so parenthood is, again, that institution is foundational for society. 
And you can see why Satan is so quick to attack that, to destroy the homes. So we have dysfunctional homes and dysfunctional families. And dad's not there or mom's not there. Or you don't even have a real marriage between a man and a woman. Society is getting totally corrupt in that way. Why? Because that is the foundational building block that God has set. So parents are the foundational building block for society. And if this institution continues to be demolished, we can only expect that our society would ultimately crumble. So again, why is God commanding this? Parents are God's representatives to the children. Parents are the foundational building block for society. And then going back to our text now, there's actually a blessing that I talked about if we honor our mother and father. See, honoring parents will result in God's blessing. Because, again, if you rebel against mom and dad, well, who gave you your mother and father? You didn't choose them. I didn't get to choose my mom and dad. God chose them for me. God put me into that family. So when you rebel against mom and dad, you're ultimately rebelling against God's authority. You're saying, God, you didn't know what you were doing when you gave me my mother and father. So that's why here in Exodus 12, 20, God tells him, honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which I give you. Because your submission and obedience and honoring your mother and father will bring upon God's blessings. God will bless them. Now, you might be thinking, well, I obeyed my mom and dad all the time, but they didn't bless me. You know, whatever the case may be. Is that like a sure thing? Like if you honor your mom and dad, God's going to give you long life. That's not true. A matter of fact, there's a quote there in your bulletin that I have. Where, um, let's see, do I have it here? Yes. Uh, Matthew Henry, uh, a commentator, Puritan commentator, wrote this on this section. He says, those who in conscience towards God keep this and the rest of God's commandments may be sure that it shall be well with them and that they shall live as long on earth, and this is the important part, as infinite wisdom sees good for them. As long as God sees fit to give you life. And that they may seem to be cut off on the earth shall be abundantly made up in eternal life. The heavenly Canaan which God has given them. So he's saying if, they get, if their life is cut short, they just live longer in eternity. They're blessed more in the heavenly Canaan. So this isn't like an ironclad thing. If you want to have a long life, then just do what mom and dad say. Now, some of us might have had authoritative parents, and they said that. If you want to live, then you do what I say, right? That may be the case. That's good advice, too. The the other thing is, just by listening to mom and dad, as much as we might think that our mom and dads don't know that much, they actually do. Those of us that have been around around long enough realize the older we get, hey, you know, my mom and dad, they, they knew what they were talking about. They really do. The point of that is, hey, just by doing what mom and dad say, it keeps us out of trouble. I've shared this before. My dad, I would complain because, you know, my dad would make me be home at a certain time. Or I couldn't go to Tijuana with my friends. (laughs) You know, and I couldn't go to certain neighborhoods late at night. It was for my protection. I probably live, I'm probably here today because of that, you know, following some advice. And when we don't follow those things, we put ourselves in jeopardy to get hurt. 
And so why is God commanding this? Uh, again, parents are God's representatives. Parents are the foundational building block. And honoring our parents will result, result in God's blessings. And it's going to go well with us. Uh, I want to give you an example of how severe this is. Turn to the book of Deuteronomy and look at uh, chapter 21. If you've noticed, as you've been here, every time we go over a commandment, there's also the opposite side of what happens when it is not followed. Now, it's not recorded that this ever happened in Scripture, but this is a warning in in Deuteronomy 21, uh, starting in verse 18. It says this. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son, who will not obey his father or his mother, and when they chastise him, he will not even listen to them. So does everybody understand what's going on? If somebody has a child that won't listen to mom and dad, even after their discipline, they still won't listen to mom and dad. Kind of reminds me of my teenage years. Um, Look at what it says. Then his father and mother shall seize him and bring him out to the elders of his city, at the gateway of his hometown, and they shall say to the elders of his city, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. So it seems to be an older, an older son. It's not just some little kid, you know. I hope not. He's already <laughs> a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death. So you shall remove the evil from your midst, and all Israel will hear of it and fear. Again, this didn't happen. Like last week, I think Jared read a story about, uh, or maybe it was me a couple weeks ago, I forget. But we talked about how the punishment was laid out. Here it's saying if, if this happens. And maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But if this was happening, how many of us as children would be like, dude, I just saw my brother taken outside and stoned to death. I am not drinking anymore, or whatever the case may be. Again, it says, so all Israel will hear of it and fear. This is how much God desires us to honor our mother and father and how he looks at it when we don't honor our mother and father, so much so that you are deserving of death. And guess what? I'm sure all of us would probably be dead by now if that was in place, right? We didn't honor our father and mother. And thankfully... It is, I remember saying this a couple of weeks ago. That you're, we're like, well, why don't we still follow that in, in a sense on certain of these commandments? Well, guess what? These things, you know, it's not like, hey, this is just brushed aside. Is God still mad at it? Yes. But all the punishment for our sins was laid out on Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ took our suffering for our rebelliousness and our stubbornness and our dishonoring of mother and father. And so we cling to that grace and mercy and praise God that he did that so we don't suffer he took our iniquities upon himself that's the glorious gospel right there so again why is God commanding this parents are God's representatives to their children parents are foundational building blocks for society honoring parents would result in God's blessing and you know what else it is a witness to the world that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Go back to Exodus uh, chapter 19. So a chapter before, God lays out the Ten Commandments to Israel. 
part of God choosing Israel was not just so that they will be his own special people, but it was so that they would be a witness to the rest of the world. Think of this. When you see a properly functioning family, when you find one, let me know, first of all. But when you see that, isn't it like, wow, look at that. It's, it's different than the rest of society. Again, God chose the nation of Israel out of slavery and, and bondage to be different. And he chose those of you that are in Jesus Christ out of society to be different, not to act like the rest of society. And so, again, a properly functioning family where children are honoring their mother and father, reverencing their mother and father, is a witness to the rest of the world. Like, how did you guys get your son or daughter to do that? And hopefully they're asking believers and believers are saying, you you know, just because of the grace of Jesus Christ and the transformation that he's done in us. But look at um, Exodus 19, uh, starting in verse 5. Again, so before the Ten Commandments were laid out, God said this. Now then, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. So this is God choosing the nation Israel out of slavery to be his own possession. For what purpose? Look at verse 6. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the sons of Israel. There to be a kingdom of priests. And we've talked about this. Priests represent God to the people And they are this holy nation. And throughout the Old Testament, Israel was supposed to be a witness to the rest of the world. And believers, aren't we called in the New Testament to come out from the rest of the world and be a witness for Jesus Christ? To be different, not for the sake of being different, but for leading people to God and Christ. So, again, why is God commanding this? That last one is to be a witness to the rest of the world. So it's just there's a whole weightiness on honoring. It's not just, oh, because God said so. Well, that's good enough. But there's all these real logical reasons why we do that. Again, parents are God's representatives to the children. Parents are a foundational building block to society. Honoring parents will result in God's blessings. And then lastly, it is a witness to the world. So let's close with some application. So how do we do this? How do we fulfill this commandment that was given to the nation of Israel? It is also, if we had time, I could show that it applies to us. Well, let me talk to the parents first, and including myself, to those of us who are parents. To the parents, I hope you heard this already, that you are God's representatives to your children that God has given you. Unless you've adopted your child, none of us got to go choose our children. God gave that son or daughter to us in our care to take care of. To show them God's unconditional love. To show them God's mercy and grace. To show them God's wisdom. To show them how to be obedient. That's heavy if you think about it. How many of you failed like me to do that? I'll just say I did. But you know what? Even in our failures, don't we also teach our children? Think of this. When we fail, we show our children how to ask for forgiveness. 
We show our children how to say sorry and repent. We show our children how to own up and be responsible for their mistakes. And we show them how to get back up and keep going. Proverbs chapter 24, 16 says this, For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in time of calamity. So when we mess up, and we're going to mess up, mom and dad, if you haven't messed up yet, you will. But even in our mistakes, that's where we teach our children how to work through a mistake. We don't just stay down there and cry about it. We stand up. We ask forgiveness. We repent, and we do it again. It's not like, well, what if I do it eight times? Because Proverbs only says seven times. That's not literal. <laughs> it's an example. Seven is actually a number of completion of perfection. So it's as many times as you do it, a complete number in your life, you get back up and you rise again, and your kids will see that. So even if, you're, even if your children are out of your home and you've messed up your relationship with them, it is never too late to get up and start again and do what is right. Your children will see that. It may take a long time, but they will see that. And you may mess up again, but you keep getting up. So don't feel like I'm a total failure, mom or dad. God will help you restore those relationships. And lastly, to the children. To those of us that are children, how do we honor our parents? Well, we hold them in high regard. Again, we lift up our parents on a pedestal, so to speak, because of the honor that God has given them. And we honor them and respect them. And we respect them not just with our words, but with our actions. So we hold them in high regard in our thoughts. We think of them highly. And and sometimes, you know, I understand we may think of our parents, well, they don't deserve it. But God has put them there regardless, and you still honor them. Think of them highly. Be respectful in your actions towards them. So don't just give them lip service in the way that you act towards them. Be respectful because you want to honor God. Even if you feel your parents don't deserve it, God's calling you as a believer to honor your mother and father. Thirdly, be respectful in your words towards them. So not only in your actions, but in the things that you say to them. As a matter of fact, in Exodus chapter 21, verse 17, Moses, expanding on the commandments, says this, He who curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death. Again, all of us, well, not me because I never did that, um, but all of you, no, just kidding. We would be put to death, right? How many of us is that? You don't have to raise your hand, especially if your mom or dad's in here. You're like, probably all of us at one time, right? We didn't get to do what we wanted to do. When I didn't get to go to Tijuana. I've only passed through there. I've never actually been in there, thankfully. It's not a place I'm looking. It's not on the bucket list of things to. But anyways, uh Be respectful with your words towards your mother and father. Don't curse them. Don't curse them in your thoughts, in your actions, and with your words. Fourthly, be obedient to your mom and dad. That's how you can really honor your mother and father. Same with God, right? God says, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. 
You know, you say, Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say. With our mothers and fathers, we're called to be obedient to them as well. In the, in the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, I want to read that to you. This is a, a reiteration of what we're talking about here. The Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. The children's responsibility, especially in the home, is to be obedient to your mother and father. Well, how does that happen when you're out of the house or when you're married? Again, when we're married, we're told that our our wife or our spouse is number one now. So do we obey our parents over our spouse? Who wants to answer that one? (laughs) I'll answer it. I'll get you off the hook here. We put more weight with our spouse, but we still honor our mother and father, right? We still honor them. We still listen to them, take their advice in, you know, measure it with the weight of our spouse. And you can see where I'm going, right? I hope. I don't. I'm lost now. (laughs) I see my wife look at me like, that's what you're going to say. No, our primary relationship now is with our our spouse, and our parents are number two, but we still honor them and respect them. That You can do that respectively. You can disagree with them respectively, right? And that's what we should do. Anyways, so be obedient to mom and dad. Lastly, to children. So hold them in high regard with your thoughts. Be respectful in your actions towards them. Be respectful in your words towards them. Be obedient. And lastly, take care of them. When they need help. Again, just because you move out of your home and you're on your own, that doesn't mean you have no longer you no longer have a responsibility to your mother and father. As a matter of fact, Jesus addresses this in Mark chapter seven. And we'll close with these last two verses here. Um, Mark chapter seven, let's look at verse ten. Where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. Uh, He says this in talking about Moses. Yes, for Moses said, honor your father and mother. And he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever I have that would help you is Corban. Then I say uh, that is to say given to God. You no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother. Now, let me explain this. So what was happening was the the Pharisees, the religious leaders were saying you could kill two birds with one stone. You could give to God and say you were doing it in honor of your mother and father and not take care of them. You're like, oh, mom and dad, you know, what? instead of, you know, it's kind of like I think of it like those Christmas gifts that they say, hey, for a Christmas gift this year, give a goat to a family in like uh, Western Africa in their name. So that's what they were doing here. It's like, hey, I gave to God in your name. I know you need it, but I gave to God in your name. And they felt like they were okay. And they didn't help their mom and dad, what they actually needed to have help with. That's what was, they were getting around it. They didn't want to help their mom and dad for some reason there. And then one last one, this last verse. Turn to 1 Timothy and we'll close here. 1 Timothy chapter 5. 
Here's another uh, example of Paul writing to another church, or specifically here to Timothy, about church and speaking how to honor widows, those who have lost their husbands. He says, do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him as a father and to the younger man as brothers, the older women as mothers and the younger women as sisters in all purity. As a matter of fact, we don't have time to teach on this, but the New Testament is pretty much applies honoring mother and father to entire church. Right. Remember, Jesus said, who is my mother and father our brothers and sisters, those who do the will of God. So we're to honor everybody in that sense. But that's for another study. But let's read on verse three. Honor widows who are widows indeed. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, they must first learn to practice their piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in their sight. So here, uh, the Apostle Paul is laying out the rules on how to care for widows within the church. Was the church supposed to take the responsibility and provide for the financial living of a widow? And he's saying, no, not if she has children or grandchildren. They should provide for the widow first and not put the burden on the church. And they should do it because, it says, they should make some return to their parents. Because mom and dad have given to you unconditionally all your life. You were to show that favor in return and take care of them as they have need. So children, to all of us, again, close with these five points again. Hold your parents in high regard to your thoughts, the way you think of them. Be respectful in your actions toward them. Be respectful in your words towards them. Be obedient, and when you have the opportunity and they have the need, take care of them. That is how we can honor our mother and father. Let's pray. Lord God, once again, we thank you so much for this day and for your powerful word. It's very practical and logical. And I pray, Lord, this morning that each and every one of us would be thankful for the parents that you have given us. And even those who are no longer with us, may we continue to honor them for who they are and who you've made them. And I pray, Lord God, for those of us as parents who fail and all of us do, that we would show our children what it means to fail correctly, that we would ask for forgiveness, that we would repent and return, and that we would get ourselves back up and move forward, that we would not sit there and sulk like there's no hope. Help us to do that. Give us the strength to do that. And for those of us who are children this day, Lord God, Help us to honor our mothers and our fathers as we've just talked about this morning. For as long as we have them, may we honor them and glorify them. And even when they're gone, may we do that for your glory and because we are your children. We thank you for your word and we pray this all in Jesus name. Amen.